Hello and welcome to another episode of the Niger on the Ball podcast where we are on the ball with the people that know. As I mentioned, we'll be bringing you insight, experience, knowledge from people from the inside of the sports and football industry um, with a unique take, with a unique experience and unique insight on the game. Um, the, the guest that we have today is somebody who I feel I could have brought for several episodes because that's how many different subjects um, he's, he seems to be an expert in. Um, but um, today we'll be specifically talking about um, his football academy. Um, the guest that has joined us today, he is a qualified referee. He is an author, he is a sports professional, and he is the founder of the Midas Football Academy, Mr. Bayonle Arashi. Um, thank you for joining us today, sir. My pleasure, my brother. Uh, it's, it's really very good to be to being on your show as well. Thank you for having me. Um, so, you know, of course, I gave um, a little insight into <laughs> the many things that you, you, you do or you have done. Um, so, you know, of course, people would be interested in, you know, where, what was the starting point for you to enter football? You know, where, where was that origin what was that in initial interest? Uh, well, once again, thank you for having me. And um, I'm very glad that uh, you have something like this happening for people to really hear our story, for, for us to have an opportunity to tell our story to uh, people out there. Uh, thank you once more. Um, to answer your question, uh, <laughs> well, I started um, as a broadcaster. Um, I was... Uh, after my graduation from the technical college in 1999, um, I started working as uh, a technician, so to say, with uh, Muri International Group, uh, MITV. They are the owner of MITV and uh, uh, Star FM in Lagos. And uh, I, I was doing that for a couple of uh, months, but I, I discovered that as a technician that I was recruited at that time, whenever I put on the transmitter, it was days of uh, analog transmission. I will just leave the uh, transmission room and I will walk up to the master control room and I'll be looking at them uh, at what they're doing there. I'm fascinated by it. So I didn't know the chief engineer at that time, engineer Tosin Awonaike, was watching me. So a couple of weeks after, he called me and said, son, I don't think you're going to be a technician for long. I think you are a broadcaster. So he, he just moved me from the engineering department into the production department and handed me over to the then uh, head of uh, production is late now, my mentor, uh, his name was Adeoluolani. Uh, so Adeoluolani was the one that actually gave me the uh, needed uh, foundation in the industry. Uh, Adeolu was um, the head of production department that time at MITV, as I said, but he was also the head of sports. Uh, he had a show, very popular show called Sports Tango, uh, where he brings in people to answer questions about sports and to do what they can do. And then he gives them prizes. So I was learning from him. He taught me the basis of uh, broadcast production, how to record, how to direct, how to produce. And then I was watching him whenever he's presenting his show. And that was the beginning for me. Uh, I, had a, I had a lot of opportunity to go to some training while I was uh, at MITV. But then no, in 2001, uh, one of my supervisors moved to uh, Dark Communications PLC, uh, owners of AIT and Ray Power. And uh, he just called upon me that, hey, son, are you willing to come 
and join me over here. And I said, yes, I, I would love, I would love to do that. So I moved to AIT. And then when I joined AIT, I went straight to, I was drafted to the uh, sports department. So I was directing, I was, I was employed as a transmission director. And that was actually where I really got into football. So we were going to cover most of uh, the national team qualifying matches, uh, Super Eagles and other uh, junior teams as well, as well as other sports. Uh, but the, the real uh, establishment for me in it was when I went to the Africa Cup of Nations in 2002. And uh, that was like, my first uh, international travel. I went to that Nations Cup. I went to the one in 2004 in Tunisia, the one in Egypt in 06. And then the passion started growing. Like, I think I can do more than just uh, being a broadcaster. Uh, the, the lesson and the experience that comes with covering a national team, seeing all the superstars uh, just by the, by the sideline, really, really gave me like, okay, I think I can do more than just uh, being a broadcaster. So when I came back home after the 08 Nations Cup in Ghana, I think, um, I called on a friend of mine that was not very successful at his football, uh, football career, he was in Ghana and then he came back home. I think I'm thinking of starting a football academy. And he said, that, that would be nice. So we did all we have to do. We registered it. We have a group of players. And that was how we started Midas Football Academy. So, um, of course, you know, um, what, what we, we, of course, the first thing I'm sure people would love to know is, what is the meaning of the name Midas and what is the origin? <laughs> Well, uh, Midas means gold. Uh, so actually, if I'm going to really, really like um, define how I found that name, it might, it might just be a, another story in its entirety. But the, the, sim the simple way was that my wife always says, oh, whatever you touch is always like becoming gold, you know, that you have a Midas touch. So I'm like, oh, how? Maybe I should just call the academy name Midas Football Academy. And then we both agree that, yes, that's what we should call it. So uh, that's how we actually came about the name uh, Midas Football Academy. So there, there is really, but there is, there is a lot of stories behind it as well that has happened before and after that. But let me just leave it at that for now. <laughs> I, complete, I completely understand. Um, I, you know, I... I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, things like youth development, I think it's definitely important that when you pick a name, that you pick something that has a, sort of a glowing, positive ring to it. Um, Absolutely. Sir. And I think, you know, for anybody that knows, I don't, you know, there's not many things that you can put as a higher standard than gold, you know. Um, so, um, of course, you know, um, we have to ask, um, you know, just some simple questions because i'm sure you know like we want to give people a real background to the academy so how yeah. did you decide upon um you know things like the location and so on how how are you able to you know to make a choice there actually that's one of the uh, biggest challenge that uh, uh we have had since the inception of the academy uh, I, the idea was conceived in 06 uh, but we did not start until 2008 late 2008 november precisely um, then uh, I'm not I'm not sure how long you live in Nigeria or if you ever live there. There is there is a there is this Honda manufacturing company that the national team used to uh, prepare whenever they're going for a major international championship. Then 
it's in Ota, in Ogun State. Um, actually, that time we just were looking for a place to train. So we just decided between me and my coach that I started with, like, where can we use as our training ground? Because we, the boys that we started the academy with were the players around the neighborhood, you know, young guys looking to play football. As you know, that football is really, really huge um, in Nigeria. Like in almost every household, you have someone that plays the game there. And then he was like, let us approach the management of Honda. And then we want to talk to them that uh, this is our idea, this is where we are starting. And they told us to write a letter and for us to come and train there. So uh, we wrote the letter and they gave us the opportunity, but they allowed the national team and the professional clubs to train inside the premises that time uh, because they have much more uh, standard football field inside the uh, company itself, but they, they let us train outside, directly facing the road. And that was a very rare opportunity that time, which we really, really, really appreciated. And that was how we did, uh, we stopped the location issue. Uh, the other things that I did um, and which um, has helped me in my life was the fact that we did not focus on uh, players from a particular area. Uh, we focused on players from all over Nigeria, uh, partly because of my own broadcast uh, background. Um, I believe there are good players in every nook and crannies of Nigeria. So what we did is we normally do, I, I, use, I started using social media very early. Uh, we have a, a page for the Academy on Facebook, which has about 12,000 followers right now. Of course, we've been building it that long. And so we normally put a post there that if you can play, come and join us and train and let us see what you can do. So we're not doing it for money that time, even though that was that's exactly the end product, right? But we're trying to find the right players to come join. So at that early stage, we had players from Enugu, from Maiduguri, from Kaduna. So players from all over Nigeria were uh, training at the academy, but partly because I did not have uh, a very, very solid foundation in management back then, uh, we did not manage them uh, very, very well as to what I know uh, right now, almost uh, uh, 12, 13 years after. But we were able to manage to run. And through one of my, um, one of the opportunities that I have to go to the uh, FIFA World Cup in 2006 in Germany, um, as a volunteer broadcaster, I met a friend of mine that was a federal police officer. So he was like, ah, what are you doing now, mate? So he saw my project about the academy in late 2008. He was like, why, not, why, why can't you bring these boys to um, a tournament in Germany next year? Next year, meaning 2009. Oh, and I was like, is that really possible? And he said, yes, you can bring them here. So I spoke to the players, we called the parents, like this is the opportunity we are having, and they were excited about it. So I made a production of what and what I was going to do. And then the parents supported. We had about 20 players that were interested to go for that tournament in, 2009, in the summer of 2009 uh, in Germany and in Denmark. And luckily for us, we got visas for uh, 14 players. So, and then we went to the tournament, and funny enough, believe it or not, we won both the tournament in Germany and in Denmark. Wow. Wow. So, um, <laughs> so of course, you know, um, you, you mentioned um, how you found the location. Um, but in terms of, um, so in terms of the... Um, intake so i know one of the problems that some people would say obviously about um taking players from 
all over the um, country is that they will they will have to house them or how did you handle that problem rather than focus on players on from just one area you mentioned that you were taking in players from all over the country because you believe that there was talent all over the country um i know you know that's you know that's a, of course is a fantastic um um idea but i'm sure a lot of people do and the question is how were you able to um house them or how are you able to you know um to look to um accommodate all these players well this is a a very very interesting question and one i'm always very very passionate to share about because there are some very very good and bad and laughable moments in them all so what what, what we did uh is to rent we, we look at accommodation that we can rent for players right so what we did at the beginning was to rent a two-bedroom, three-bedroom, depends on the amount of players that we have from outside of Lagos that time, and put four players in a room, you know, with the vision, uh, because there's, there's always been this vision that I have for the academy, uh, which is to have it on its own property, to have accommodation, uh, overlooking the field, where the players can wake up in the morning and what they see, is the football field where they're going to train but we always know like as every other thing in life that every huge step starts with small steps so what we did that time was always like rent apartment for them and then we let the players live in there but there's one of these very very moments there, there were a lot of other ones that we had uh over overnight the players were just being young children as they were because they're always between the ages of 15 and 18 right and they were making a lot of noise in their apartment one night and then the landlord association in that area not knowing that probably they've been thinking about it without even them asking or talking to me about it because they see me coming around once in a while letting the owner of the house know okay this is these are the children living in this area some of them don't even speak the local language that we speak in the southwest of uh, nigeria and they only speak english and the broken english as we call it that time or pidgin english as we call it as, we, as you may call it and then the next morning they went and called police police officers to come take all of the players and take them to a police station on what allegation they are putting them on the police could not answer us but luckily for me uh one of the kids is his father uh is a, is a senior police officer in the north you know so when i go to the police station in the morning i saw them tie the players clothes around each other so that they would not be able to leave themselves. About 16 of them in all, you know, all, all of them at, at the station. I'm like, how are, we, how are you encouraging us trying to do uh, something to help these young men to become a better person in society and not, not, not to become a nuisance or to become a menace to society? These guys are football players. They have their identi identification card. So what is the problem? They said they were making a noise. They were creating disturbance. So... At the end of the day, the, it, was, it was sorted out and the players went back home. So most of the parents of the players were asking me, what do these boys do apart from them just training, you know? And this was one of the things that started making me to think of other ways we can put uh, the players to work, how we can engage them even more. And that's why we've created some other things right now that we're doing at the academy since that time which is whenever the players finish training in the morning, each and every one of them at the time of signing up into the academy will have to indicate 
one or two vocational uh, education they are interested in pursuing apart from just playing football. Uh, so we have some of them training in uh, computer graphics. Uh, now we have some of them that are learning how to code. Some of them that are learning tailoring. Some of them that are learning some other jobs. Uh, so every of, our, every of the players at our academy since 2012 have always been engaged in other trade apart from just playing the game. Because, because I found out that most of the players at the end of the day, they really, really, really might not have the needed talent that will make them to uh, go on and excel as a professional football player. So I don't want them to leave the academy and then not being something for themselves or not taking something away uh, from the academy. I know the question was about accommodation, but I just have to chip those uh, information in for you to know how far we've really gone uh, with Midas Football Academy. Um, well, thank you, but we appreciate your answer, and you know, we appreciate the insight. So there's no, there's no problem. So if you, if you, if you, you know, if something comes to your mind, and you know, you want to share it, feel free. There's no. <laughs> um, so um, of course, you know, we we've spoken about the accommodation. You've just mentioned there a, you know, an academy program that you do to help upskill the boys. Um, yes. You've also, you know, mentioned about how the academy has slowly developed from when you started it. But, you know, I think, I think one of the questions people, of course, will have is um, how were you able to develop um, the academy's expertise and its vision? Um, because, you know, initially you said when you started, you were in broadcasting. So yes. um, how were you, wh where did you learn from? Or who, who was guiding you? Wh what, what was guiding you? Where, where did you go? Because, you know, nowadays, I think a lot of people, you can instantly go and Google or YouTube, you can type in stuff, you know, or how do I uh, start academy? How do I develop academy? How do I develop Absolutely. philosophy? But, you know, a few years ago, that wasn't really possible. So how were you able to do it? Uh, very interesting question again. Um, and I will answer in detail as well. Uh, for me at the beginning, it was more or less like um, something we're just dabbling into, you know, like from, from this one, to that one, like, for example, let me give you an example of one of the uh, biggest regrets that I have so far, which is an answer to this, your question, that if I have had the necessary education, um, it will probably have helped in a long way. And maybe, maybe we will have been more than we were now. It was after we went to that championship in, in Germany and Denmark. Um, number one, most of the parents of the players actually have the idea that we were paid for winning those trophies that we won at the under 17 championship that time, you know? So some of them, when we came back, they were like, ah, when is Midas going to share the money that the players won at the tournament? Meanwhile, there was nothing won at the tournament. It was just a, an opportunity for the players to showcase their skills and of course, to exchange cultural values with other folks that they engage with during the tournament. But more importantly, it was also a way for them to be seen uh, by professional clubs that are interested in signing young players. But I was not aware of all of this that time as much as I do now or, or that I eventually did later on. So when we came back from the tournament, my, my partner that organized uh, the visa arrangement and all, promised, told me to promise him that all the players are going to return back home to Nigeria, that none of them is going to escape and become illegal uh, residents or illegal uh, persons staying in that country. So, and I made a promise. So what I did is after the, after the uh, tournament, I returned all the players. The only thing we returned with were the two trophies that were won 
in Germany, at the Lions Gold Cup, and in Denmark at the Football Festival, under 17 categories. But one of our players, his name was Shijuade Thompson. He was, a, a club was interested in him at the finals of the football festival in Denmark. And the club is one that most Nigerians actually know about. It was the first club of uh, John Mikel Obi, Lynn Oslo of Norway. Uh, so they, the, the technical director of the, of the team was watching the finals where this young man scored uh, an equalizing goal towards the end of that game. And he came to talk to me like, okay, uh, I would like to discuss further about your number 10. And I said, okay, fine. What do, you, what do you want us to do? So he gave me his card. And he said he already has some recording of the, of the player and he will also take the one that the tournament organizers are going to take so that but we have to return back home and then we'll be able to come back they will get back to us on how the players will come back and on returning to nigeria unfortunately it was that same year that that club went into administration i think they had a very huge financial burden and they couldn't even follow up with us uh, after that time also, when we came back home in 2009 was the same year Nigeria hosted the Under-17 FIFA World Cup. I don't know if you remember that the Switzerland National Under-17 won that particular championship that year. Uh, this same player that I mentioned that was the best player uh, of that tournament in Europe, we were, we, I did all I could to make sure the player joined that National Under-17 team. I just told the uh, administration that time in the NFF, they were NFA that time, that let this man come do tryout, and if he's good enough, take him. Of course, I knew he was good enough. There was, I know not many young players of his age were better than him that time. But unfortunately, um, they requested for uh, a quarter of a million that time, about 250000 for, for him to um, come and have a training session with the national team. I've always not wanted to say this most of the time, but a uh, few years ago, I started damning the consequences that if people don't really know how dirty Nigerian football is or can be, and they really don't know what is going on there. Those events, they really, really, really hurt, hurt me. And then I decided like, okay, I think I need to get much more exposure and, and education. So I started self-educating myself. I started going to football events. I went to two SoccerX uh, events in South Africa. Uh, SoccerX is a very huge organization. They are based in the United Kingdom. They do uh, football symposium every year where uh, football entrepreneurs, club executives, they meet and they get to negotiate, they get to interact with themselves. So from here, I started knowing more uh, about the game of football and the politics of it. And I, from there on, I got more education. And over the past years, I've, I've graduated from uh, the business, Football Business Academy in Switzerland. Uh, with professional certificate from there, getting to know much more about the game of football. So it's something that many, many people will probably have to self-develop themselves in and, and not like there's a, there's a basic school that you really have to go to. Because the truth of the matter is, in most schools that we go to now, most conventional schools that we go to now, in the universities, the degrees that people pile up, of course, it's very, very useful if you want to become a, a probably a football executive at FIFA or at your country football federation or at any other level at that. But as an entrepreneur, you actually need the field experience and the real-time uh, 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 experience of it to really find out how this thing works. So, and I think that's the path that I have taken and that have really brought me where I am uh, today. Mm. So, you know, um, 
you know, thank you for that, you know, that story that you shared. Um, you know, I, I think that's a story which um, a lot of people can, you know, they can relate with, um, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, um, in moving forward um, in terms of the academy, um, obviously you, you, you said that you have upskilled and you have gained qualifications to increase your knowledge and your expertise. Um, have you, do you, um, how many staff members does your academy currently now employ? And do you work with um, scouts and foreign agents or are you, um, do you prefer to keep it in-house? Absolutely, you cannot keep it in-house. Uh, but to, to answer your first question, at, as at today, uh, uh, in 2020, uh, we have uh, five staff members at, at the academy. Um, we have the administrator of the academy. As you know, that uh, I've, I've not been 100% uh, based back home now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less a resident in the United States at this time. Uh, but I have people that have focused on saving the academy, of running the academy day to day, uh, uh, day to day activities. Uh, there's an administrator, there are two coaches that are looking after the players. And we have two other staff members that are in charge of uh, being. Uh, the board members of the academy advising the advising the coaches and the administration and the administrator on day-to-day -day running uh, of the academy. Uh, but in the uh, in the other question that you ask as regards if we work with uh, international agents and all of that, absolutely uh, we are not we are not a very uh, little organization like that. We have we have actually been there for a while. Uh, any business that can survive the Nigerian atmosphere for 10 years, uh, definitely you are there, you're going to be there for, for a long run. Uh, but what we are doing at the moment is trying to go uh, to the stage where not many academy has been able to achieve based on our society to start with. Uh, you asked that question at the beginning about, about location and training. Uh, it's, that's, that has always been the biggest challenge for us. Uh, for example, we've had some um, parents from Germany, from Sweden, that have their children born in those countries that have heard about Midas Football Academy that came visiting Nigeria just for their children to be part of the academy. But when they visit our, our training ground or they see where uh, the accommodation types that we have, they were not so convincing, you know, they were not so convinced about what we have. And they're like, okay, we know you have a vision, but based on what you have on ground, we are not able to make our kids to stay in this place. So at the moment, what I am working on is to make sure that our own facility is established. Uh, we're currently working on uh, securing the 12 acres of land where we can be able to build our own facility, build four football pitches, build an hostel accommodation where will be standard enough to any other standard anywhere in the world. We are not looking to do that at the beginning, but at least something for most of our players to call a home and not just for us to keep renting accommodation, renting football pitches, because it is obvious that our government and the leadership are not interested in really, really helping entrepreneurs, especially for some of us that are really trying to do something to help 
the youth, especially the male youth of Nigeria, uh, I saw a statistics early this year that really, really, really scared me uh, that about 65% of Nigerian population are under 25 years old. Uh, that is really, really, a very, that's a very scary statistics if you really know what that means. And if somebody is not really uh, doing something to help these young ones, they will turn out at just like just like any other person. And if you are actually a male child, I'm focusing more on that based on my experience in life, that as a foundation of, of every family, if you do not have your life straightened up as at that time, uh, it might not really, really go down well uh, going forward in life. So we are, we are really working with um, both your state government and the state government to see either of them that will be able to secure that kind of property with them and then be able to build uh, our facility on it. But at the moment, uh, what we are doing is to be able to like the players that we have to engage them in vocational education while they are also developing their game. And the ones that want to go to school for us to encourage them to make sure they are getting the necessary education, go to school in the morning, train in the evening, and then keep developing your game as well. And also, more importantly, we want to make sure that we do not leave any stone unturned to making sure that our players are also having opportunity to go for professional trials outside of Nigeria and also in the Nigerian Professional League. The Nigerian Professional League is another case on its own. Um, I don't know if you are aware of these statistics, but you can rarely, I know there are some of them that they said exist, but you can rarely see a 17, 18 or a 19 year old playing at any level in any of the 20 professional football clubs in the Nigerian Professional Football League. And there's no way this is encouraging to these young ones. Most of the players that are in the Nigeria League are in their 20s, 30s, and even 40s. You can quote me anyway. This is, this is the fact, uh, because another challenge is the age cheat, which is also there. So there are so many uh, challenges that is involved in our football that makes it really, really, really a complex area to work in. But we are not letting this to affect us. We keep working we keep working on it and we keep helping our players uh, through our international partners once in a year we have some of them travel down to nigeria along with me to see some of our best players and see what we can do for them either by finding them scholarship opportunities to come study here in america or for them to go and further their career in some very very uh, small european country and then see what happens to them from there on so you know, of course. Well, you answered the you know the the, the <laughs> you answered the question that I, I I wanted you to answer. Um, you know, of course, uh, one thing that comes to mind is um, you know, I was about to ask about how you are able to continuously evolve and uh, push the academy forward because we know you know where you've started from. We know how you've steadily come along. Um, you've mentioned some of the things that you have done for yourself. You mentioned some of the things you've done for the players. You mentioned also the plan that you have um, about building an infrastructure and how you are also speaking with uh, you know the local um, government government of the area of the states um, so you know just at the end there you mentioned about your international partners could you tell us a bit more about that yes um, we we have partnership with for example one of the things that I um, I have done since I relocated to the United States um, is to, is I found out that it is actually easier for most of these kids 
to find a scholarship opportunity to come study and also play football here in America and Canada. Uh, and you know, so in the, in the last 12 months, this is one of the things that we've been working very, very hard on to see uh, one or two of our players that will be able to probably have that opportunity to uh, come get education while also bagging a degree uh, in an American college or Canadian uh, university. But due to uh, the, the pandemic that happened at the beginning of the year, it has really, really slowed a lot of things down. And on the other side of it, uh, for the ones that are extremely talented and that, can only, that do not have the needed education, because this is, these are some of the things that uh, people are not aware of in Nigeria. Uh, most of these players that are really, really talented, that have the real football talent, they have no education simply because their parents uh, are not aware of the fact that the players can actually combine both together. They can actually uh, assist them in, by encouraging them to go to school while they also develop their game. So we are, not, we are making sure that most of these players, the things that our partners are asking for is videos. The availability of video is one of the major challenges that our players or any player from Nigeria for that matter is having. So we are hoping that at the end of all this, uh, pandemic that we'll be able to do some individual uh, video footage of our players to share with them. But absolutely, I have partners uh, in Sweden that are very, very strong. I have Thai in Germany. I have Thai in the United Kingdom. I have some very strong link right here in the United States. Uh, so all of this put together is really what we are really hoping that our academic players will be able to help. But in the past, two of our players, two of my players, academic players that are graduated from the academy, they are right here in the U.S. One played uh, for about two years uh, with FC Minnesota in the United States, and one was with uh, the Bull FC in Chicago. Uh, but just as you know that by the time most of these guys get over here, they play for a while, the, the, the uh, opportunity to make more money by doing other things uh, probably show up for them, and they, they feel like, look, I have to make a choice. Do I want to make money or do I want to play football? And American football has not grown that much. And we actually call it soccer here, as funny as it sounds. But when you say football, they'll probably think you're talking about American football. But that's what the name of the show is. So I have to keep using uh, the, name, the name football as much as possible. So we are making all this effort. And we, I have also been able to move into other things, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the interview, um, that, that will help players beyond the shores of Nigeria or even Africa uh, in its entirety that will help everybody because I feel uh, that I have a personal calling and that uh, if you can really, really help enough people to get what they want, you will probably have uh, everything you want as well. So this is my own mantra. Mm. Um, you, covered, you covered quite a few things there, which we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into um, as we go along. Um, but one of the things you mentioned was the, um, the challenge, the challenge of, um, of video, of video footage of players. Um, I, I've, you know, that is something which I've heard quite a, you know, quite a number of times speaking to coaches, uh, football club owners across Nigeria. Um, so, um, of course, in terms of, um, in terms of that challenge, how are you able to overcome it? And um, what other challenges have you faced and overcome um, that you can name whilst you've been, uh, you know, been, uh, whilst you've been running this academy? Um, the, the number one challenge has been um, 
lack of um, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the right word for it. People call it lack of funds. I I mean I choose not to call it that uh, because sometimes I feel it is not really the lack of capital that really hinder us from what we want to do. It's a lack of passion and being resourceful uh, on how to get some of those things done in a little way that you can before looking at it on a bigger scale. Um, we I didn't have any money when we started the academy. Uh, I started with my own money, and up to this moment. Most of the running is still with my own money, uh, even though some of the players do pay. Uh, now, the, the, the academy have not trained for uh, April, May, June, July, August for over five months now. But the coaches, uh, even though they might not be getting their full pay, they are getting paid every month just, for them to, in, just enough for them to sustain themselves. And this comes out of pocket. Uh, so it's challenging and if players are not coming into the academy to pay it for to be trained or we are not having players moving out to become successful by being signed to either a local league in the country or around the African continent or even overseas um, how then do you sustain this so I have I've done two things for myself uh, one of the things I did was to put my years of experience in the football industry together. And I, I will really urge you to also be a reader of my book as well. I, I, I released my, my book on uh, football development to help football players. It's like a guide uh, for football players. I titled it Roadmap to a Successful Football Career. Uh, this uh, is uh, my, a memoir of over 10 years experience in the industry uh, together. Like, okay, there is actually a way uh, a player can just come from nowhere and become a professional. Um, and these are the steps that you have to follow. Um, I've taken time to be able to gather data on, do, on, on those facts and even share with some executive, uh, a football executive, uh, both in Nigeria, in Africa, and in Europe, for them to look at before the, before the book was released. Uh, that's one of the ways uh, that I have, that I've been supporting myself with by selling of the book. Uh, of course, a few months after releasing the book on Amazon, I also released the video version of the book, um, which actually even goes deeper into what the paperback of the book uh, uh, involved. And also the, on the bigger scale, uh, when I look at the challenge of players not having video, uh, my brother, believe it or not, over 90% of Nigeria professional football league players, I'm talking about the players that are playing professionally now, don't have a video footage of their, of their game. Um, and this goes to a lot of other African countries as well. So I look at it like, what can I do about this? Do I want to join the group of everybody that always complain about something? Or as an entrepreneur, you want to find a way to solve this problem. So in 2014, that idea came to me uh, of uh, creating a platform that will solve this problem. Uh, so I created Scout Baller Soccer Recruiting, but uh, knowing our environment very, very well, that it's not going to, uh, it might be very difficult to be able to make that dream a reality. Uh, I decided to uh, relocate to the United States. And that's one of the reasons why I moved out of Nigeria temporarily um, to come over here and be able to build um, that technology company, and which, which we launched in 2017, January 2017, we launched the first version of it. And the, the plan that time was for us to create it, it like a form of a database or on the website where players can have like their record. You create a profile of your game, of your stats, put your video on it, and then clubs, 
college coaches, scouts can then have opportunity to find you on this platform. Uh, but as time goes on, in 2018, I discovered that most of these things that we are about to do on Scoutballers is already being done by, by other people. Some of them, they have, they have much, much more uh, financial resources than we do, uh, and they might just uh, smash on us and just take advantage and move on. So at the moment, we are looking, we are taking it to another way entirely. So what we are building, we're going to be launching the second version of the platform, uh, hopefully before the end of 2020. And this is a very simple process, a very simple uh, way of doing things. You come on the platform, you need a video. Somebody is on the platform to create a video for you. you the person creates a video for you, you put it on the platform, agent, coaches, scouts, clubs come on the platform and they're able to find you on our platform. Instead of you in Nigeria, for example, looking for trial opportunity in Finland, and then you, you feel that you have to pay somebody to get you visa, and then you have to fly to Finland and they tell you you're not good enough and they send you back. Those days are over. It is 2020, it is, it is the 21st century. Everything now is moving to the internet. So we are jumping in on it as well, creating a solution for players all over the world. And that's what I have been working on uh, in the past uh, few months. Uh, so that's how busy I've been. And uh, so working on Scout Bowlers and of course, releasing the book Roadmap to a Successful Football Career. Um, I'm really glad that you, you, you know, you, you um, went into detail about your book and about um, Scout Bowlers. Um, because, you know, one of the things that I think like we've spoken about on the show um, a few times is about finding solutions for our own environment um, and the importance of finding solutions which are related to our own environment. You know, um, you mentioned there are a few of those, you know, um, companies similar to Scout Ballers, but um, I don't think a lot of those companies are directly... Um, they're directly uh, uh, specified yeah, for African players. Yes. Um, and, you know, that is the uniqueness of, you know, what you're offering. Um, again, with the book, you know, um, I, I think, um, I'm sure, you know, there's somebody that's written a book um, giving guidance, but there's never one which we can point to on our own shores, on our own continent, where somebody can say, okay, this is written by an African author, somebody who knows our environment, knows our people, knows our culture, understands our football, and also has knowledge and exposure of the outside world. So um, obviously that's, you know, the unique nature of the book that you've written. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a believer in, you know, importance of finding our own solutions within our own environment. Um, so, of course, you know, yeah, you, mentioned, um, you mentioned these things. Um, and um, one, I'm sure one thing people love to hear about more is... Um, what are some of these success stories that have come from your academy that you can, you know, the ones that you can, you know, off the top of your head, the one that you can, you can really remember? Absolutely. Um, the, the major one, I, I think I probably mentioned it earlier than I should, uh, was um, the opportunity we had in going to Europe um, with uh, 14 players um, and being able to conquer uh, being able to win uh, two championships in Germany and Denmark in 2009. Uh, that, was, that is something that I don't think I will ever forget uh, in a hurry. 
um, and, and also something that I think will always be an inspiration to uh, any young person that is coming into the academy because that's one of the things I promise that when our facility is ready, we are going to, the names of those players that did that is going to be written in gold and it's going to be placed in a very huge uh, board at the entrance of the academy or somewhere in the academy for them to see what uh, their leaders have done and that they can they can actually surpass that and go uh, beyond that. Um, the second is that uh, the fact that most of those players, the 14 of them that are in that, uh, that won that championship, all of them have made something good out of themselves. Um, only one of them is still playing active football now in Croatia. Uh, but I'm very, 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 very uh, grateful that uh, most of them are married. They are graduates of colleges. Uh, two graduated from a university in Ukraine. Uh, two played in the United States uh, Second Football Division League. Um, and then some of them are, are into other things that they are doing right now. I'm just making a good life uh, for themselves. Uh, in 2013, also we won the one of the uh, can I say famous famous uh, youth championship in Lagos, Abeson Cup, and we also we also did that uh, in style. So we we've had some reason to to smile and to say okay to put to, to give ourselves a pet uh, on a pat on the back and say okay uh, we have not. Uh, we don't have a player that have played for the national team or that is play, that is playing for any top division league right now, but we are on the path. Uh, we know uh, what we need to do to get there. We have learned from our mistake. From our mistake, because trust me, uh, I have made a lot of mistake, and I, I and I'm, I, I used to regret it. I used to let it uh, weigh me down, uh, but recently I found out that those experiences have are really, really, really uh, worth having uh, because without them, I will not be what I am today. I will not be thinking the way I am thinking today. I will not be willing to help other people from not going through that same route of making that same mistake uh, today. So I'm glad I made those mistakes and I'm looking forward to even more exciting future. And I'm sure that the next time probably will be interview, you'll be interviewing me. Uh, it will be uh, or celebrating something bigger that have happened to uh, scout bowlers and may, may, more, more importantly, Midas Football Academy. I, I, I definitely agree and I, I definitely look forward to that moment. Um, so, of course, you know, you, you did give a, you gave us a little bit of a glimpse of, um, of it, but I do want to, you know, ask the question just to clarify, um, what is the long-term vision or the goals that you have for Midas Football Academy? Wow. Um, the long-term vision is uh, for us at Midas Football Academy to be able to build um, um, ambassadors, to be able to build um, successful human beings, uh, male and female, uh, in different fields, but more importantly in football. Uh, because as I always tell a lot of my friends, that Nigeria has three religions that are recognized, uh, uh, Christianity, Islam, and, and football. Um, I know it's one of the things that not many people talk about, but only when Nigeria is playing football, especially the national team, that's when you know how much of love uh, we Nigerians have for ourselves. The way people hug themselves when, they, when, they, when the Super Eagles score a goal or they win a championship, um, it's huge. It, it's a religion. So uh, we have a vision of having most of our academic graduates going on to play uh, in the national team of Nigeria on the 17, on the 20, on the 23 at the Olympics, 
the national team of the Super Eagles, for our players to play at the FIFA World Cup, for our players to play in the UEFA Champions League, uh, for them to play for all the biggest clubs in Europe. Uh, that's our main vision. And of course, for us to have some of them that might not have the opportunity to play, uh, for them to become head coaches of um, fantastic clubs, uh, to become professors, to become doctors, to become physiotherapists, to be successful. And we are really, really, really on the path uh, to this one. Also, I don't want to uh, not mention this. We also hope to um, have graduates that will become business owners, that will become uh, people that will, have, that will own uh, furniture companies, that will own designing companies. We have a clear, our, our vision is very, very clear. It is actually so clear that we put it on our website that if you, if you go on our website, midasfootballacademy.com, you're going to see that what we intend to do, we intend to help at least 100 people every three years to become somebody uh, because our plan is to recruit these players from the age of when they are 13 to 15 and then they graduate at the age of 18 to go and become something in life. So that's a long-term vision we have for the academy. Um, well, uh, we've come to the end of our discussion, but it's been fantastic having you and there's been so much insight that we've taken from you. Um, but just before we finish, um, of course, you know, a question that we always ask is, um, what advice would you offer somebody looking to um, enter the world of academy ownership? Wow. <laughs> um, what advice? Uh, have a clear goal. Um, have a very, let your goal be very, very clear. Um, form the onset. Um, empower yourself with knowledge of the industry, especially if you want to own an academy in uh, a volatile uh, place as Nigeria. Uh, let me, that's, that's actually the best word I can use because it's a very, very, very tough ground. Uh, regardless of the state uh, that you want to create the academy in, uh, you, must have, you, you must empower yourself with the knowledge of the environment, of the people, or uh, the, their mentality. Um, you must have the capital. Um, don't let anyone tell you anything else. Um, lack of capital has, one, has been one of the reasons for uh, our own slow growth. Um, take it or leave it, uh, you must have the capital needed. Either you have it at the beginning or somebody uh, is bankrolling you, let me use that word, uh, to, to, to go ahead and start it. We don't have all of that, but we're still standing. And But I can tell you that a lot of other people that we started together, you no longer hear their names today, not because they, are, they want to be failures or they, they don't want to be heard, but because they could not go on with the huge mental torture and uh, and the stress of owning an academy of working with young people uh, but i think it's something uh, we all uh, have to get involved in because uh, trust me i told you earlier about the statistics i found out 65 percent of our youth are under the age of 25 years old we must do something about it and most of these youth love football they want to do something though not all of them are talented uh, but they need somebody to keep going out there to, to tell them the truth, to tell them, look, if you don't have the talent, there are other things you can do for the game. Uh, so uh, if you want to be an academy owner, uh, uh, I can only wish you the best, but make sure you have the understanding of the area, you have the capital, and you empower yourself with knowledge, and you are willing to go in all the way. You are not, you are not going to quit. Um, that, this is actually the little advice I can offer. Mm -hmm. 
So um, thank, thank you for that um, advice. I'm sure it will be very helpful for all of our listeners and those especially who are looking to start their own football academy or are looking to develop their own football academy, which they've already started. Um, just before we finish, I just want to play a quick game of a quick fire, which is when I ask you um, a question and you give us um, some quick answers just so that you know we can um, finish with some memorable answers in terms of your academy and in terms of um, you as a person. Um, are you... Sorry? I say absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, of course, you know, just to, um, you know, simple question, first question, um, what is the name of your football academy? Midas Football Academy. Where is your academy based? Lagos, Nigeria. Um, which FA is um, your academy registered with? Lagos State Football Association. And how many players have passed through your academy? Uh, Rough, roughly, what, what number, what's the number? What, what would you say? Uh, I know it's it's probably different. Thirty-two. Sorry. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. Um and um. Much more than that, but that's the number I can get now. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of your book? Roadmap to a successful football career. What is the name of your um, online um, platform? My technology company is Scout Bowlers Soccer Recruiting. And um, in terms of the academy, for those who are interested, um, what age can they enter and what age will they graduate? Uh, we, at the moment, we admit players from the age of 13 and they're going to graduate at the age of 18. Um, some of them always give us this negotiation. They always ask this question, like, if I'm 19, can I come? Yes, we urge you to come uh, because we're going to tell you the truth. Uh, also, later this year, we are starting uh, our, our centers in other parts of Nigeria that, can, that, will, that will be training kids from ages as, as young as five years old and above. So uh, we are doing something about it. Um, of course, you know, the, uh, also um, for people who are also interested, um, is it just for boys or is it girls as well? At the moment, it's only for boys. Um, we hope in the future when our facility is ready, Absolutely, we want to have the girls because we want our girls to be in a safe and secured environment. That's the only reason why we are not involving the ladies at the moment. So um, uh, give us give us the opportunity and um, pray for us to, to get the facility ready as soon as possible. And um, in terms of um, players, you um, so when, when can, uh, do you currently have accommodation or when would the accommodation be ready for the players? We do have accommodation for anyone that is willing to join the academy at this time. Uh, the best way to find out everything about the academy, uh, admission process, accommodation, our success stories, our videos, is to go to our website, midasfootballacademy.com, M-I-D-A-S footballacademy.com. Um, for, of course, and just to finish off, for people... Um, I know some people um, uh, also like to go on social media. So um, what are your social media, what is the social media um, links for your football academy? On, on, on Twitter, it is at Midas FA Nigeria. On Twitter, it is at Midas FA Nigeria. On uh, Instagram, it is Midas Academy. Midas Academy, M-I-D-A-S Academy. And on Facebook, it is Midas Football Academy. As simple as that. 
Thank you once again for joining us. Um, that was the end of our game. I just wanted people to just clarify some things for some people. You know, I know some people, you know, there's certain things that they're going to want to ask again. Just wanted to make it clear for them. Um, thank you um, again for joining us. You've given us so much insight, so much um, experiences and stories. Um, <clears throat> hope to have you on the show again. Um, so thank you for joining us. I actually uh, enjoy myself. Uh, thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to tell our story, uh, for people to know that uh, there are really uh, people trying to do something to make a change in their environment. And finally, let me put this in. If anybody wants to find out anything else about me and my on the, on the project, uh, it's just my name, uh, bionlearashi.com as well. Uh, you can find out everything about myself and about my companies. Mm -hmm. um, once again, Thank you. Um, this has been a fantastic episode. Um, I'm sure the people listening would, you know, they'll take so much value from everything you've said. Um, Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. I, pre I appreciate it. For everyone that's listening, once again, remember to share, remember to like, remember to leave a recommendation on the podcast. Um, and once again, this has been the Ninja on the Ball podcast, where we are on the ball with the people that know. Thank you for listening.